Hello, everyone, and welcome back to App Philosophy Weekly. We're about to unwrap the tech of today with my friend here, Will Sigmund. So, Will, we're talking about the Mac Mini today, some Mac Mini leaks. We're talking iOS 15 leaks. It's been a leaky week. Now, you know, I want to start off, backtrack a little bit, talk about Apple Music, lossless, spatial audio. These are some things that Apple says are in the pipeline for this June. Right, we're talking super high quality lossless audio, spatial audio, so the music feels like it's around you. But Apple's doing one of these things, what they did with the AirTags, where they're like, hey, look at all this awesome technology we have, but wait, none of our hardware actually really supports it. Oh, we have this massive Find My network, this massive software network built up for Find My accessories, but they, then they didn't release AirTags for a couple weeks. And you're like, mm -hmm. what is this? What's going on? So that was confusing, but in the context of what's going on in court right now, if you take a look at like the Epic versus Apple thing, it's all about antitrust. If you go into it with that context, it makes a lot more sense. It's Apple playing a game and saying, hey, we don't build software services directly for our products. We build software services for everybody and we promote a competitive marketplace as far as hardware goes at least. And then they come in later and, they, and then they've been delivering with their very own proprietary hardware, which being an Apple fan, being someone who does enjoy what some have called the walled garden, I, I do have some of the convenience aspects of that. I feel like the that consumer, that demographic of just Apple fans, dedicated Apple fans who, who do own a lot of the products in the ecosystem, they're suffering a little bit because Apple's creating all these amazing software experiences but the hardware to take advantage of it is lagging behind. It's the inverse or the opposite of what we've seen with the iPad, where they're packing in all this amazing hardware and everybody's saying the software is being left behind. So what's your take on this, Will? My take is this. It's funny that you bring up the hearing, the court hearing, because I also agree that it's prevalent and that they probably intended to do a lot of these news stories while that was going on to say hey the little magician's trick don't look at this hand look at this hand and uh, pulling a little bit of a sleight of hand news wise so that the focus is on the positive things that they're doing as opposed to negative press mm -hmm. however i think a bunch of people we and definitely both of us included jumped the gun as far as the conclusions being made on what or what not their hardware is going to support because they did come out with uh, a clear article was it like three days ago mm -hmm. where they explained and they outlined hey this is actually what's going to support it what's not going to support it and i think especially non-apple lovers are quick to, to jump on anything uh, that might be remotely construed as negative for Apple. And I think this was something that was definitely easily misconstrued. Yeah, here's part of the truth, and that truth sucks, but it's not the whole truth. And the whole truth being, 
we don't necessarily know what they're they're they've got up their sleeve. We don't know what we do know. Their technical limitations, such as Bluetooth not being able to play lossless audio, and that's the main thing a lot of people have been focusing on. However, there's also AirPlay. Could they come out with something like AirPlay three? And is that the medium in which they're going to pull the the final trick in their bag, so to speak, and say actually? We had this planned all along. I don't think Apple made this announcement without a plan. Mm-hmm. And obviously, as I said, more has come out about it. HomePod Mini will support it. Original HomePod will support it. Probably whatever HomePod they got baking in the oven right now will support it. <laughs> That's the important thing but. is Apple has since come out and said that, that these products specifically the HomePod Mini and the original HomePod, which interestingly enough still packs an A8 chip in it, the same one that you'll see in an iPhone 6, will still support lossless audio. So it's not a, a processing thing so much. There's no, a lot of people, it, that's a misconception that people have. Yeah, it's just, it's a matter of, of data being sent. It's and bit rates, yeah. Um, the bottom line, I, I see it as an optics thing, given the ongoing court case between Epic and Apple regarding antitrust. And as a consumer, it doesn't feel good. We're used to, as members of the Apple ecosystem, Apple's always said we pride ourselves on creating amazing software experiences that integrate harmoniously with our own hardware. And now it feels like we're waiting for dominoes to drop in every different direction. You have the iPad, which has this amazing hardware. It has M1 in it, and the coolest thing it can do is recognize your handwriting. Mm-hmm. Something that you could do on an iPad from five years ago. And I know I'm generalizing a lot, but iPad OS 14 last year was lackluster, to, t- to say the least, as far as features that we actually received for the device. Here's a couple of thoughts. The first thought being COVID kind of wrecked a lot of plans for everyone right even apple Mm -hmm. how much they want to publicly admit how much it shifted their supply lines or plans or roadmaps or whatever be the case it affected them and just a bunch of other companies and the second thing is we have this trial that's i wouldn't say it's an anomaly but it's an it's something that is not all the time happening and it's not something that happens on a regular cadence and you also have these the rise of leakers and not even rise but i guess more prominent leakers coming out and i think the combination of all those things particularly in the last six months we're Mm -hmm. seeing the effects of all of them come together where apple sometimes they're willing to eat their hat to be first to announce something as opposed to it leaking software wise Mm -hmm. on top of that they had the advantage of it taking away like I said from something negative which is their court hearing right now and then simply put I think these Apple TVs that just came out it seems based on even rumors before they actually came out but also the packaging having a discontinued product on the back of the box, which is the original HomePod. I think these things were ready probably back in 2019, if I'm being honest with you. Well, and um, we heard reports from John Prosser back in fall 2020 saying, hey, Apple, I've heard Intel, I have Intel saying that 
these Apple TVs are sitting on the shelves in warehouses. Where are they? Just release them. And of course they release and they're packing a chip from 2018 in them. Yep. So, and so it's very confusing. The, all of that. And then here we have WWDC. And I, I think they probably want to try to get some control back of the narrative. Mm-hmm. And I think the narrative is going to be heavily software based, which it usually is. It's Worldwide Developer Conference. That is what that's what people go for is operating system and, and apps and software and how they interact as opposed to hardware. But we also have rumors that are very prominent saying, hey, we're going to see hardware as well. So you have to think, okay, all these shifts in product lines and hardware creation and all these different things that COVID has affected and whatnot, I think that most likely if we had an event where the iPad M1 didn't come out until the event itself, I don't think it would have the impact that it is going to have when they show off iPad OS 15 or whatever they're going to call it. Mm-hmm. By the way, do you think it'll be called 15 or do you think they're going to shift to a name convention like Mac OS? I think it'll be called iPad OS 15. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if they... Sh- if they shifted away, what I mean by that is uh, you have you have High Sierra, you have Sierra, you have Catalina. Oh, you think going going Mojave. for some sort of naming scheme like yeah. an animal or a location that would be interesting, yeah. like a marketing type of name in the that background. Cool. People will still know developers and and nerds and stuff will know the the name of the numbers back there, but but just for for the general population, a marketing name. I have a feeling that might happen just because of the. What would you want rumors. them to go with, category wise? I pick you, a category. iPad OS of your dreams. Come on. I don't know. I really don't. Cities. I don't know. iPad OS Mountain View. Yeah, <laughs> something like that. All that being said. They have a lot to talk about in WWDC. The main thing, it sounds like, is going to be whatever iPadOS is going to show. It's yeah. going to be a big, huge shift. iOS isn't going to have as much stuff, and neither will macOS. So the star will be iPad. And... That's what we're That's what we're all hoping it will be. Oh, it will be. You mark my words. And I've been doing this a long time. Uh, long enough to be able to compile rumors into my own... Mm-hmm judgment calls I, I i think they already had a packed wwdc and they're also still talking about hardware i just think it would have been too much to try to do all in one go because they don't like to belabor presentations these days especially not when they're produced like they have been the last two times to circle back to the, the antitrust stuff that's going on i've heard a lot of people in the media and on podcasts talk about what if Apple has to make decisions based on what the government tells them to do? How will the software change? And I, first of all, I think Apple would rather shut the whole thing down than do what the government tells them to do. We've yeah. seen that already with the FBI iPhone charade that happened a little while back. Yeah, mm-hmm. all that nonsense aside, we've seen what it's like when Apple is forced to make exceptions in its software. Think about mm-hmm. it. Apple builds on robust technologies with complementary software, and that's worked very well for them. That's why the, the, the iPad and the iPhone and, and the Mac all have customer satisfaction ratings in the top 90%. That's why. 
you look at something like tvOS is somewhere in the low 80s. And why is that? Because when Apple broke into the TV industry with the fourth generation Apple TV, they said apps are the future of television. This is the television revolution. And the TV industry, the movie industry went, wait, no. We saw what you did to the music industry. All of a sudden, mm -hmm. overnight, every song was 99 cents. This past week, me and you came into the possession of the 24-inch iMac. We both purchased one of those. And the iPad Pro 2021. We both went with the 12.9-inch model. Tell us a little bit about your first impressions with the iPad. So. I've had the iPad since the original one. When the original one came out, I was actually working at the Apple Store. It was one of the more memorable days, April 3rd, 2010. And I remember not only was it cool that I got to work the opening shift that day, my, my family came by and this, this was one of the products that I didn't know I was gonna want until I saw it. Oh, and really? uh, and so by the middle of the day, I'm like, okay, I need to figure out if we have enough stock for me to grab one of these bad boys, the OG like curved unibody iPad. And you know what somebody said on Twitter yesterday? I think it was Benjamin Mayo. Mm -hmm. He was actually comparing the original iPad to the new Apple TV remote Ooh, because it has yeah. a similar feel. In it really hand. does. Yes. It's um, not, I don't want to say thick, but rigid and curved. And it goes with that s silver and black aesthetic. Yeah. Similar to what we've seen with the Mac Pro, the accessories with the black keys and then the silver base. I, I really like that aesthetic. I really hope that Apple extends this aesthetic to some of its other products. I saw a render the other day with AirPods Max and someone had rendered the space gray headband and the space gray ear cups onto a silver pair of AirPods Max. And it, it looked stunning. These are definitely some accessories that I would purchase. I could um, see them doing with AirPods Max down the road what maybe with an, a newer hardware generation that actually supports lossless, unless these turn out to, where they did what they've done with the Apple Watch bands, which is mm -hmm. like you mix and match different faces with different bands as opposed to this is what you get if you order this one. And so maybe we'll be living in a world one day where in piecemeal different uh, parts of the hardware for design and style. Apple's kind of leaning into that. And I would even say I think they're going to lean into that even more with iPadOS and iOS 15. Especially you can see this too with the iMacs. But back to the iPad. So I've owned iPads for, holy crap, 11 years. And <laughs> this one is awesome. And can I notice a lot of difference in speed? Not quite yet, and as I've said before, I use my iPad not as much for productivity as I do consumption, but I have been trying to push it some over the last week. I love the new Magic Keyboard. I got the white version. I have wanted the white Magic Keyboard for iPad since I saw the original, and I thought to myself, oh man, it would look so good in white. And I, I just hope that it doesn't come back to bite me when it gets a little bit dirty. But I'm sure they did a little bit of quality control. Yeah, I heard some uh, reviewers on YouTube talking about the white keyboard. And they said just within a couple hours, there were black scuffs and scratches and stuff on the side. And, and, and in fact, your average consumer, one of my favorite YouTubers, he was saying that he tried to wipe some of the marks off and they weren't coming off. 
So he was like, I'm definitely not going with the... I'm pr- fairly gentle with my iPad and... Me and you baby our stuff, so it's stuff. Yeah. Have the black one. Yeah, so I haven't experienced that yet, but it just the keyboard itself just feels so nice to type on. And so... And- I like that the keyboard is flat. Yeah. I, I, I like typing on flat keyboards. The iMac keyboard's really nice, but it the way it's angled a little bit, it feels weird on my wrist. And maybe that's because I'm used to typing on an iPad. Hmm. So I like flat experiences. I like typing on a laptop. I don't like slanted keyboards. I know 12 South has an accessory that'll level it off for you. So I'm thinking about purchasing something like that just for my wrist. I mean, I don't know if it's a preference thing or if it's really, if it's harming my wrist or whatever it is. I think it's probably a perception thing since you've been using one type of keyboard for a while because for me, I've been using both because even in the last generation, I had the 11 inch with Magic Keyboard and I have this, I had the old Magic Keyboard for desktop and then this new one and they have about the same angle. For me, like I don't really notice it. So I think the more you use your iMac, you probably, it'll fade away, but I like I like the angle that it's on. I don't have any complaints, but I don't mind the flat keyboard either. But both of them are a joy, a joy to type on to me. And I just am sitting back and waiting to see the power of M1 get released when apps start supporting them. Mm-hmm. I've already noticed some weird finicky things with certain apps. In fact, getting the bigger iPad again, because this time I went with the 12.9 to get the better display, the micro LED. And I want to performance because you, you mentioned M1. We've talked extensively about the performance of M1 on this show. A lot of people, the, the rhetoric that we've seen as far as reviews, first impressions, etc., with the iPad Pro this year, a lot of people are saying, yeah, it has these great horses, really powerful, really strong horses, but they, they don't really have anything fancy to carry. And I feel like that's a perfect illustration of the iPad today. We have this unprecedented amount of power that we've never seen before in an iPad. It it feels like this iPad was made for a Final Cut Pro or Logic Pro, something. Apple's disclosing the amount of RAM that these things have now. Why? Are there going to be certain applications that you cannot run unless you have 8 gigabytes or 16 gigabytes of RAM? Totally. Once again, we're playing the waiting game. Ask me again in July when I'm running the probably the third, fourth beta, iPad OS 15 or iPad Mountain View. And when some of these apps, I test flight a lot of apps, probably mm-hmm. like 15. And so I know some of those will start to uh, tap into that M1 capability. So it's give me a little bit of time to really give you a judgment call on the performance mm-hmm. there. But overall, I'm really loving it. I'm, I'm glad I went back to the bigger display. And I hope some of the finicky things that I'm dealing with are M1 quirkiness, both on the computer and the iPad. But hopefully, since they're the same now, mm-hmm. it will be quicker to be resolved across the board. I don't know if it's a placebo effect or whatever it may be, but to me, I've noticed things like handoff that little feature where, say, if you're writing an email on your iPad, you can continue writing it on your iMac because a little email icon pops up in the lower right-hand corner on your dock. That's something called continuity. 
it was introduced a long time ago, but I feel like it, it works just a little bit better when your whole workflow is on Apple Silicon. It's almost immediate. I look at a message on my Apple Watch and I can continue right where I left off on my iMac, iPhone, or iPad. And I think that to me is just a little bit faster, a little bit quicker, a little bit snappier as far as the, the integration there. I wanna talk about the iPad as far as build quality. I, I think I mentioned on the Granite Geek Show, we were just on there with Chris Grant of the Granite Geek Show on YouTube. He was asking about first impressions with the iPad. And one of the things I mentioned was the, the cover glass. The cover glass on this new iPad does not mm. bend and flex like the 2018 and 2020 models did. It's a lot stronger. I don't know if this is some sort of ceramic shield technology or a stronger glass using like some sort of ion exchange process. I don't know what they're using, but the, the older iPads, and when I say older, 2018 to 2020, they had this feel to them, a flexible feel. If you press a little too hard on the screen, you'd see some light bleed. The glass would flex a little bit. We saw YouTubers bending them left and right. So it had, there was this perception, not that they were delicate, but there was a little flex to them. They were light, they were lightweight products. You, you had to be a little careful with them. This iPad feels like it's built like a tank. It's, it's a little bit heavier. The glass doesn't flex at all. It feels strong when you press down. It just feels premium. So in a way, adding a little bit of weight to it makes it feel more premium. Kind of like when we made that transition from iPhone 3GS to the iPhone 4. iPhone 4 was not plastic anymore, like a 3GS. It was made with more premium materials. It felt a little bit heavier in your hand. It felt like this straight, like it was straight out of a Leica warehouse. And I get that same impression with the iPad. It's a distillation of that 2018 design with much more premium hardware. And you can feel it the moment you pick it up. The moment you pick it up, it feels dense. Yeah, and I think that's great. I think there's a sense of subconscious satisfaction mm -hmm. that you get from knowing like a product is well-made and well-built. So I, I think that's I think that's fabulous. And speaking of well made and well built, we also got another toy. Both of us. Ooh. We had an exciting week it was, last week. This is our little Will was calling it adult Christmas. It it was. We both got our twenty four inch IMAX. And I don't know about you, but when I opened mine up, I actually wrote a first impressions for the site. When I opened that bad boy up, it was just from the box to the cords, to the packaging, to the unwrapping, and just the satisfaction that you get when you The unboxing off. experience felt like a origami, like, puzzle, like an interactive, like one of those escape rooms where you keep pulling levers and you're like, oh, what's next? Yeah, I, it was just, it was just so, it was so thoughtful. That's the best way I can put it. Apple was very thoughtful. And so... I got this thing set up next to my 27-inch 5K. The footprint with the chin is, this, I would say, within millimeters of the same height. So it, it actually matches really well. It doesn't like bother my sense of design OCD, I guess you could say, where it's like a little bit shorter. And so that's actually really good. And the display is such a high quality that even though the 27 inch is technically bigger, on top of the fact that I finally have a second monitor, which I consider the iMac the second monitor, because the 5K is obviously um, amazing. 
and but it has the same amount of knit brightness, mm-hmm. the same color correction and scheme. So there's very much balance between the two screens, and I don't feel like I am sacrificing anything finally between the two. And also, I asked this question. It seems like a few monitors support this, but the True Tone from the iMac gets translated to the 5K as well. So That's interesting. Yeah, so if you hook up know. an external monitor to your iMac, the True Tone feature where it balances, takes the white balance, it balances the white balance, say balance twice, sounds silly, but it adjusts the white balance to match the ambient light in your room. So that's what True Tone does for people so who aren't familiar with I don't want to say and that it, it works looks like it all monitors. Yeah, we know that the LG Ultrafine 5K monitor is was designed in conjunction with Apple's engineering team. So maybe this is an, an Apple integration thing where just the hardware plays nicely in this instance, and it does extend to this monitor, but we can't speak for all monitors. Now, I also picked up a blue 24-inch iMac, and I have to say, I'm in love with it. The color scheme in my office, you guys can't see this is only an audio-only podcast for now, wink, but the color scheme in my office is all about light blues and grays and whites. So this computer, this blue iMac, fits wonderfully in my office. It looks like a, a, a piece of art. It's quite possibly one of the most gorgeous things I've ever purchased in my entire life. It is absolutely beautiful. I've brought it all over the house already. I've tested it out in the kitchen. Who's to say you can't bring IMAX into the kitchen? It's a thing, kitchen IMAX. I might buy a second one just for the kitchen because we might need that for recipes and stuff. (laughs) No, I kid. But I'm definitely in love with the IMAX. I went with the whole setup with the, the Touch ID, keyboard, trackpad and the mouse so yeah just the whole enchilada as the kids say that's what they say i went with the 512 gigabyte ssd and the 16 gigabytes of ram so as specced out as i could afford it performs wonderfully i'm really impressed with the screen i've only ever worked on laptops 13 inch laptops and 12.9 inch ipads so this is the biggest screen i've ever experienced mac os on and i'm in love with that the 4.5K resolution looks great. I'm a little bit spoiled though, because now with my M1 iPad and its mini LED screen, that's now the best screen I, I've ever owned, the best screen I've ever seen. So I find myself moving to my iMac and my iPhone going, where's the brightness? I need to crank this up a little bit because on my iPad, I could have it at 50% brightness and it's still bright enough for me to read text. It's really, the brightness on the new iPads is just extraordinary. And it's one of those things where I, I want Apple to put mini LED in everything now because it looks gorgeous on the iPad. It, it takes some of the best things about OLED, simulates simulates those things because pixels can't truly turn off and give you true, true blacks, but it dims the pixels with these dimming zones, emulates some of the most amazing things about OLED on those screens without some of the drawbacks of OLED like burn-in and the, the sort of green or yellow color tinges you might get to things. So I'm in love with the iMac, in love with the mini LED on the iPad. 
One thing I have to say about the iMac is the speakers, I was very impressed with those. They are what I thought they would be. A lot of the reactions I saw on YouTube were like, whoa, oh my God, this is wow, this is amazing sound that's coming out of such a thin device. I wasn't like, had to lean back in my chair and be blown away. I wasn't at that level, but I was impressed. I think I'm a little bit spoiled because I do have a HomePod set up in the office. So I'm used to, to hearing everything from the HomePod but they are very impressive. And I've used them in places where I don't have a home pod, like in the kitchen, like in the bedroom. I've really played with moving this thing around and it's convenient. It's funny to say, this is one of the desktops that you're going to want. You're going to want to move all over your house. It's, it's just that convenient. It's one cord. So it's like plugging your iPhone in. It's just one cord plug and play. And you can't really say that for any other monitor and desktop experience. This is the pinnacle of what an all-in-one can be. And Apple's done it once again. I love the colors. I thought the bezels were going to bother me. There was a lot of talk about that in the media, about the white bezels. They're not necessarily white. They're off-white, kind of grayish. They blend nicely with my aesthetic. I thought they may be distracting when watching video at night in complete darkness. To me, personally, they aren't. And they've grown on me in a retro Apple sort of way. And when I say retro, I mean like, 2011 iPad 2 with white borders way. So not entirely retro, <laughs> but I do the clean white bordered look. It's very nostalgic for me because those are the products that I grew up with. I grew up with iPad 2s and with white borders and iPhones with white borders and things like that. So yeah, very I had interesting. the iPhones with uh, white borders whenever I, they were there and that we could. I actually liked it, but a lot of people I know didn't. Before we wrap up the show, I want to bring up a few leaks regarding the new Mac Mini and iOS 15 as well. But let's start with the Mac Mini. The Mac Mini 2021 could be in our future. And by future, it's within the next couple of weeks. John mm -hmm. Prosser is speculating that Apple may release a Mac Mini at WWDC, which takes place on June 7th. And... Long story short, it's ports galore. Uh, we've seen a magnetic port similar to the power port that we've seen on the iMac 24 inch. That will allegedly be extending to the new 2021 Mac mini. Four USB-C ports. I don't know how many of those are Thunderbolt. Uh, two USB-A ports, Ethernet, and HDMI. It'll be this sandwich design, like the first generation Apple TV. Mm -hmm. or the ITV as it was dubbed at the time where it's a sandwich. And you course have glass that, and then aluminum and then glass on the bottom. So it's a piece of aluminum sandwiched by polycarbonate or glass. He said it's like a, it's supposed to be a, a plexiglass like material. And if you've taken a look at these renders, they are gorgeous. What, what are your impressions on this? Do you think it'll be the same price? Do you think it'll replace the 2020 model or do you think it'll be available alongside the 2020 model for a much higher price? I think that it will not replace the 2020 model. And I do also, the 2020 model hasn't even been out, but for six months, it's not even that old. And I think they're going to want to have a low entry cost M1 machine period. And so... Mm -hmm. There's really no need to get rid of it. I do think they're going to sell this alongside that version for a higher price. And what do you think would be the starting price there? Because the current Mac Mini starts at six ninety nine. 
Yeah, I could I could see that model possibly sticking around and this replacing the higher end model. Or they just manipulate the pricing of the higher end now. I could see this maybe starting at nine ninety nine. Something Ooh, interesting. like that. Interesting. Now, what's important is this is expected to pack uh, an M1X chip. We've, yes. we've already talked about how M1 is a blowaway. It's some magazines have called it a, a computer revolution. It's not just a transition; it's a revolution for the industry, and it sets a new standard for what the bar should be. Has people like Intel shaking in their boots a little bit. Now, M1X, <laughs> M1X is supposed to have double the amount of graphics cores and double the amount of machine learning cores. The, these claims, people are just saying double all the things. That's what M1X is going to be. And it'll be the successor. To, what do you think, Will? Is, do you think it's just going to be double all the things? Or can we expect to see more memory as well? Because if it's oh. M1X, I don't think Apple will be adding memory. I don't think memory is a concern, at least oh, in my it opinion. Will, oh, they'll definitely be adding it. I think they'll have the ability to put up to 64 gigs of RAM in there. And M1X, as far as specs go, I don't know. I really don't. We're in this new world. We've never had a successor to an mm -hmm. M chip. So I really don't know. If you would have told me the M chip did what it did to the pre previous chip, I might not have believed you. So who knows what a second generation well, that's the thing mm -hmm. is m1 has been a blow away mm -hmm. and we're already talking about its successor like you said just six months later so i can imagine what m1x will be capable of yeah it, it's going to be it's going to be very interesting to see i want to shift over to ios 15 a little bit just before we close out the show we have a un, unverified leaker but prosser's Pro, john prosser verifying him in a way. Connor Jewis, he's on, on Twitter and he's saying, hey, I've seen iOS 15. I'm not going to disappoint. And here are some of the features. He says, dark mode UI tweaks, message app tweaks, food tracking and other new features in health, confirmation of UI changes from previous screenshot rumors. So that's where we, the controls no longer go edge to edge. Mm -hmm. Certain buttons will be bubbles instead of banners that run all the way across the screen. So minor UI changes and then new notification settings for an entirely new look on the lock screen. Now, I don't want to go too much into this. That's just a kind of a first look, an idea, a little taste of what we might be getting at W, but I don't want to speculate too much. I don't want to, I don't want to go too far in depth because we're, this is something that we're seeing. We will see in less than two weeks. I don't want to spoil anything. It's right around the corner. And I, I just feel like speculating on, on such little information isn't worth too much in terms of substance. So I'll leave it at that for iOS 15. And maybe we'll discuss it a little bit more in depth next week. But before this close, I don't want to spoil things. Thank you for joining me once again as we unwrapped the tech of today. Will, where can the people find you? WSIG. If you look for me on Twitter or Instagram, you can find the rest from there. Excellent. And you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Bromshank. That's B-R-A-H-M-S-H-A-N-K. I was able to snag the same username for both. That was a really good idea. Yeah. From Mr. Will there. He said, why haven't you checked in a while? You should try to make your socials consistent. And now I finally have it, Will. Bromshank. B-R-A-H-M-S-H-A-N-K. Across Twitter and Instagram, you can find me there. Come say hey. Send in your questions for the show. We might answer them live here. 
right on the show. Okay, thank you for enjoy. Thank you for enjoying thank the you. show. Yeah. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you guys again next week.